You are listening to Message Rewind from Discovery Church. Now, like I said, we're stepping into this new season. And what I've realized about new seasons is that new seasons require new levels of authority. Have you ever realized that? New seasons require new levels of authority. Of authority, And so this morning, that, that's what I want us to talk about. As the church is moving into a new season, as I believe you individually, God is wanting to move you into a new season, uh, there, there, there comes a place and a time where, where we also have to level up in the authority that God has given us. And so um, for that, our theme verse for today is found in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9. It says this, this is the Apostle Peter writing, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. You are a royal priesthood. I love that. Hey, let's pray one more time and then we'll jump in the message. Father, I thank you for today. God, I thank you for this amazing opportunity that we have to come here as, as a community. God, just trying to learn more about you. God, I pray that you would, uh, you would just speak to us. God, you know what each person came in here with, what, what worries, what anxiety, what uh, baggage they came in here with. But God, you know that I can't speak to each one of those needs, but I know you can, Holy Spirit. So I pray that you would just uh, minister the best way that, that you know how. We thank you, God. We, I, I pray that we would leave here changed. We would leave here different. God, not for our own benefit, but so that we can change the world around us. Father, we love you so much. In Jesus' name, come on, everyone say amen, amen. Okay, so I'm going to ask a very personal question. You don't have to answer. It's America. You know, you do what you want. But I'm going to ask you a very personal question. How many of you guys um, have the habit of losing your wallet? I am a habitual wallet loser. Like it never fails. Like I am notorious. Like my, my wife, when I lose my wallet, she's like, done it again. Like it just happens. I don't know why it happens but it constantly happens. And, and so it's gotten worse as I've gotten older and to my older age. Um, it's a, uh, <laughs> shut up. It's, <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's, uh, it's, it's, it, it gets worse as you get older because now I'm not just like forgetting my wallet. I'm forgetting to even bring it with me. And, and like whenever I go, like I don't even have it in my car with me. And then as I've gotten even older than that, I, like, I don't even know I don't have my wallet with me when I go into stores. Okay, so, so the other day I, was, uh, I went to Rayleigh's, and I was picking up just, like, school snacks for my kids and, and bubbly. Do you guys drink bubblies? Anybody drink bubbly? Come on, like, whoo, cherry bubbly. And so I picked up some bubbly. My son, I have a three-year-old son, he only drinks bubbly. Um, he's like a... Uh, a water snob, and so uh, you could pray for him this week. But uh, so, so I'm, I'm in the store, right? I'm in Rayleigh's, and, and I'm, I'm purchasing all these things, and I get up to the counter. I have a cart full. Get up to the counter. Uh, the, the cashier starts ringing things up, right? I'm like, well, I'm going to take my wallet. I go to reach for my wallet, 
and I realized I don't feel my wallet in my pocket. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so embarrassing. My kids, they're embarrassed of their dad. They're like, dad, you did it again. <laughs> you know, like loser, what a loser. And, um, and, and so, uh, so I went to the cashier. I was like, hey, listen, I, I, don't have, I don't have my wallet. It's in my car. Let me go, let me go get my wallet. And he's like, yeah, no problem. And, and I was hoping that he would just like ring everything up give me the receipt and be like, hey, you can pay for this when you get back. But he's like, I will wait here until you get back, right? So now, now not only am I looking for my wallet, but there's a line backing up. And so I go to my car, and I'm like, I know where it's at in my car. I, I go in my car, and I go in the little dashboard area, and I realize that my wallet's not where I thought it was. And in this moment, I had two choices. I can either go back inside and be like, hey, I don't have my wallet. I'm sorry. I'm just going to come back. Or I can just drive off, right, and, and, not, tell, and not tell anyone. Uh, but I did, the, I did the Christian thing. I went in there, and I was like, hey, you know, I don't, I don't have my wallet. I'm sorry. And they're like, hey, that's all right. I was like, I'm going to go get my wallet from home, and I'll come back, right? And so they put it all away, or they, they put my card away. And as, as I'm walking out to my, my car, I'm like, man, that's so weird. I thought I had my wallet with me. I could have sworn I had my wallet with me. And I check my pocket once again. And uh, lo and behold, my wallet was in my pocket all along. Yeah, yeah, horrible. I know, I know what you're thinking. Like, how could we even listen to this guy? He's so dumb, right? Like, <laughs> it was in my pocket the whole time. Like, I possessed my wallet the entire time. And I was thinking about that. Like, I, in that moment, I realized that, that there is a difference between possessing something and then actually putting it into practice. Like, I had the wallet the entire time. But just because I possessed it didn't mean I was able to purchase what I was trying to purchase. And, and so this morning, what, what I want us to understand is, is that there's this difference between possessing something and then actually putting it into practice, actually using it. And so that's, that's a lot like life. There's a lot of times we possess something, but we don't put it into practice. But I think it actually is the same when it comes to your and my relationship with Jesus. This idea, when it comes to the authority that you and I have as believers in Christ Jesus, like, we can possess it, but we can never use it. Does that make sense? Like, we can possess the authority that, that we have as children of God, but just because we possess it doesn't mean we automatically use it. In fact, this is what, why I think what Peter is writing in the verse that we just read is so crucial, so critical to you and me. It's because Peter, I believe, is, is trying to like shake us, to remind us a few things. He, he's trying to remind us, hey, that you are God's special treasure. There's something about you that, that is special to God. Not only that, he says, he says that you are a royal priesthood. So check this out. As a son and daughter in Christ Jesus, there's royalty in your bloodline. There, 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 there's, there's royalty in what God has for you and for me. One person. There we go. 
because I'll keep, I'll keep talking about that point because I'm like, no one gets it. So, but th- there's royalty that you have in Christ Jesus. And that royalty, what that does is, is it gives you and me authority over situations that we go through. But here's what I've discovered is, is that a lot of the time there are believers saints, Christians, who live life way below the line of authority that God's given us. There's a lot of times when, when, when Christians, myself included, where, where I'm living way below the authority that I have in Christ Jesus. And so what I want us to do this morning is, is I want us to like, I want us to understand and, and just really understand the authority that, that you and I have as Jesus followers. Because I think if we, could, if we could identify this authority, if we can learn how to walk in this authority, that when, when life comes at us, we can stand a little taller. We, we, can, we can stand a little more, we can stand more firm in our faith. And so... I need my posture to reflect my position that I am in Jesus. Does that make sense? And so uh, in order for us to do that, I want us to look at a story in the book of Joshua. There, there's this amazing story that, that shows us how we can walk in the authority that God has for our lives. And so I'm going to give you a little backstory of what's happening. This is Joshua chapter 10. Uh, this king of, of this, this evil king, he, he hears about this guy named Joshua. And Joshua, man, he, he is a leader among all leaders. And he is a, he's doing his job like just conquering places, right? And this one king, king of Jerusalem, he hears word that, that Joshua, this phenomenal leader, is, is he's, he's attacking his enemies. And he's scared. And so what he does is he emails these four other kings. And, and he's like, hey, guys, this guy Joshua is coming. And listen, he, he is way too strong if we did this on our own. So let's all rally together and let's attack Joshua. Right? And so these five kings, they get, they get their five armies. And these five armies become like this one army. And they're about to attack. Joshua and Joshua's allies. And so, so here they are. They're, they're about to attack. And, and uh, what I want us to see right now, first off, before we go any further, is I, I want to show, I want you guys to see the significance of these five kings. These five kings, like, they, they're the, there's a spirit behind them that, that is uh, their goal, their heart is to oppress their goal is, is to hold, to, 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 to hold, to hold uh, Israel bondage. And so these kings, these five kings, their, their whole goal is, 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 to, is to suppress God's people. And so we could read this story and we could be like, man, this makes no sense to me. Uh, I don't care about these five kings and I don't care what, what they're doing. And I don't care, John, that you're talking about these five kingdoms. 
But I think there's a significance with understanding these kings because you may not have five Amorite kings chasing you, but you do have a king of fear chasing you. You do have a king of anxiousness chasing you. You do have a king of perversion chasing you. You do have a king of, of, of uh, anxiety chasing you. You know what I'm saying? And so these kings, I believe, represent kings, authorities that are trying to oppress you and me to keep me from living in the potential that God has for me. And if that's the case, I have to, I have to learn how to see these kings and how to respond and react correctly. And so what I want you to see is, first off, with these kings, is I, I want you to see that not only do we have authority when it comes to these kings, but these kings, what we find out as we read this story, they hear that Joshua is not waiting for them, but Joshua's actually pursuing the five kingdoms, the five armies. And these kings, I love this, I love this. These kings, they become so fearful that these five kings, they leave their armies and they run. They're afraid. So get this. Not only do you and I have authority, but I want to reveal to you these kings are afraid of you. They're afraid of the authority that you possess. That's amazing to me. It's amazing. And so here are these kings that they, 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 they realize that they don't have a chance. So they run and they hide. So the very things I want to propose to you, the very things that you are afraid of, the very things, the very, the very spirit behind the things that are causing you to be fearful, that are causing you to be anxious, that are causing you to, 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 um, to just, to, to, to just fall in fear that you have the potential to actually scare them to flee from you. Man, that is good news. I feel like that is way better news than you're responding this morning. So I'm going to keep going. It, maybe it will land later. If not, it's all right. It's all good. So these kings, they ran. They, they, they actually, they find this cave, this empty cave. They run into the cave and they hide there. Okay, they hide in this cave, and Joshua and his men, they find, or, or Joshua's men, they find out that these five kings that they're tucked away in this cave, and this is where we're going to pick up our story, and they're, we're going to be landing our plane pretty soon. Uh, Joshua chapter ten in verse sixteen, because I want to give you three ways that you and I can walk in the authority that we have. Uh, so Joshua chapter ten and verse sixteen. Now the five kings had fled and hidden in the cave of Mechidah. I just made that up. We'll see. When Joshua was told that the five kings had been found hiding in that cave, he said, roll large rocks up to the mouth of the cave and post some men there to guard it. Post some men there to guard it. So the first, in order for you and I to walk in authority, the first thing that I need is I need to acknowledge authority. I need to acknowledge authority. Authority. So, so these guys, they, they find out that the five kings, they ran into the cave. And um, notice what they do. They don't take action. As soon as they find out that these five kings are in the cave, they don't, like, they don't, um, 
they don't attack them themselves. We see in Scripture that they actually, they find out, but then they leave and they go back to Joshua, their leader, and they're like, hey, Joshua, we found where these kings are hiding. We found him. So this is significant, excuse me, because what, what they're modeling for you and for me is that they're submitting to a higher authority. They're submitting to a higher authority, which, which tells me your authority is only as powerful as where you get it from. Your authority, my authority, is only as powerful as where we get it from. Case in point, uh, at home, at dinner time, we're all at dinner. My son's, my oldest, he's in his room. I tell his little sister, I'm like, hey, Matt, go get your brother. Tell him to come, uh, to, come to dinner. She goes over. She's like, you need to come to dinner right now. Come now. Right? Said, come now. <laughs> I don't know if she does that. That'd be weird. But she, 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 she goes, and he's like, I don't have to listen to you. Come on, siblings. <laughs> and so she comes back. She's like, he's not listening to me. And then I say this. I say this. God on the street. I say, you tell your brother that your daddy told you to come to the table or else. She goes back to the room. Daddy said that you have to come to the table now. Guess who comes to the table now? My son. And she's smiling, right? She thinks she did it. But here's, here's why I tell you this. Like Madison's words were only as powerful, her authority over her brother was only as powerful as the person that gave her that authority. You and I, our power, our authority is only as good as where we get it from. In life, it is very easy for you and I to, to try to muscle our own answer based off of our own strength, based off of our own ability. But I'm here to tell you this morning, we got to tap into the right authority, submit ourselves to the correct authority so that when we're going through something, man, we're calling on the right thing. We're pulling out the right, from the right source, that, that, that we're, we're, we're headed to the, in the right direction because of where we're getting our authority. Listen, if we want to walk in authority, we have to first acknowledge authority. God, I can only do this with you. God, my work is so stressful, you don't even know. God, I, like I am so ready to walk out on my family. God, I can't do it without you. I need your strength. Come on. God, God, I need, God I, I'm so, my body's so sick. I feel like I just want to give up. God, I, you, only you can give me the hope. Are, are you trekking with me? Like, God, like you're the only authority that, that, that my sickness will flee, that my anxiety will flee, that my fear will flee. God, my, my, my work situation, you're the only one that can help change my perspective. Come on, we got to tap into the correct authority. 
So if we're going to walk in authority, we got to first acknowledge the correct authority. Let's keep reading verse 18. He said, so Joshua said, roll large rocks up to the mouth of the cave and post some men there to guard it. So number two, in order to walk in authority, I need to prioritize patience. I need to prioritize patience. So they get, they find out that these these five kings, excuse me, are, are, are tucked away in the cave. If I'm, if I'm Joshua's men, his crew, his army, I'm like, we, we chased them way too long for me to just let them run in a cave. I'm going after them, right? Like, I want it done now. If we're going to kill these kings, I want to do it now. But they, 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 they submit to Joshua's authority. Joshua said, roll a rock in front of them, in front of the cave. And now they got to wait. They got to be patient. They, they, like the, the enemy is like on the other side. Easily they could demolish him, but they got to wait. They got to be patient. How many of us hate being patient? I can't stand it. I don't like waiting. That is actually one of my biggest flaws as a human being. It's like I am so impatient. So impatient. Ask my wife. <laughs> like, I'm just so impatient. God help me. Help me. And, and so, uh, they, like, here, here they are. They're waiting. They're waiting uh, for, for, to, to figure out what they're going to do with, that, with those kings. And if I want to walk in authority, I got to learn to be patient with the process. I got to learn to be patient with the process. Like, I hate being patient. And I really hate processes. <laughs> Have you ever realized how, like, as a culture, like, we are just, like, we've become a prized centered culture like it's all about the prize it's all about the prize like i like i'm 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 aiming for the prize it's all about the prize and we become so fo i've become i don't want to throw you under the bus i've become so focused about the prize that i forget the process and can i propose to you this morning that god doesn't work in the prize the process. Like I've become so enamored with the prize that I forget the process. Like I want God to give me that job so bad I forget how God is providing for me during the process. I become so focused on the prize of being healed that I forget how God's been faithful to me thus far. And I forget about the process, and I just, I focus on the prize. But if I want to walk in authority, I need to remember and not neglect the process. Because it's not just about the prize. It's also about the process of what God wants to do in the process. In fact, we read in the text, these verses, that Joshua, he said, roll the, the, the stone in front of the cave. But notice, he doesn't just say, sit there and wait. See, I think that's why we don't like the, uh, the, the process. We don't like being patient 
because we think it's just a, time, a wasted time. We, we, we feel like it's just a time where we're just sitting and doing nothing. But Joshua, he told his army, he said, roll the stone in front of the cave and then pursue your enemy. As if to say that just because you think something's waiting doesn't mean God's not doing something on the back end. There's a lot of times in life when you and I don't see it in the natural, but it does not mean that God is not working behind the scenes. And so I have to learn to trust the process, to trust what God is doing, even if it feels like I'm just wasting my time. Because God's doing something in the background. Amen, somebody? So we're talking about the authority, walking in authority, and then we can have the band come up. Uh, I told him that I'm, we're going to try to end with uh, worshiping. And, and so, uh, so how you and I, we walk in authority. Uh, number one, we acknowledge authority. Number two, we prioritize patience. And let's read verse 24. When they brought them out, Joshua told the commanders of his army, come, oh, this is so crazy, come and put your feet on the king's necks. And they did as they were told. So number three, in order to walk in authority, I need to be okay to obey. I need to be okay to obey. So the kings are locked away in the cave. There's a boulder in front of them. These guys, are, they're pursuing the enemy while the kings are in the cave. Like, what is going on? What is happening? Finally, Joshua and his army, they conquered the enemies. And, and they go to the cave. They, they move the stone. They bring out these five kings. Joshua puts him on the ground. And he says this to them. He says to his commanders, he says, as, as these kings are lying on the ground, he, he, Joshua tells his commanders, hey, I want you to come here. So they're like, me? Okay. And Joshua says this to them. He says, he says, I want you to put your foot on their neck. It's kind of awkward, Joshua. <laughs> Everyone's watching. Like, put yourself in, in, in their shoes. Like, if I'm one of the commanders, I'm like, Joshua, you lost it, man. Like, you want, you want me to, what? You want me to put my foot on their neck? You can't do that. It's the 21st century. Come on. What are you thinking? But here, here, here's... Here's what I, I want us to get from this, is that if I want to walk in authority that God has over my life, I need to be okay to obey. And here's why I think this is so significant, is, is, is because um, there will be some times in my process as God is developing me, developing me, as I'm walking in the authority that he has given me, there are going to be times and seasons when I'm going to have to do some things that are a little awkward. Where God's going to be like, hey, you need to go to that person and just tell him that I love him. Wait, what? It's so weird. There's going to be opportunities that you and I have 
where, where, where it's, we're going to, you want me to do what? But can I propose you that the more we learn to obey, the more God reveals. And the more that God reveals, the, the greater authority that we walk in. So if we can't learn to obey, that, that, that's really what keeps us living, keeps me living below the potential of the authority that God has for me. It's because I choose not to obey. And so Joshua, he tells his, his crew, he's like, put, put your foot on their neck. So not only is this, is this a thing of obeying, but it's also the posture of victory that you and I have over, over these things in our life that try to bring us down. Stop looking at your fear like they're coming towards you with the sword. You're looking at them the wrong way. They're not even eye level with you. Because as a child, as a son and daughter of, of Jesus, like this is not the perspective you have of them. This is the perspective that we should have of them. Not eye level, but they're down there under your foot. Well, John, that's crazy. Hey, man, that's what the Bible says. <laughs> Listen, you and I, we have authority more than we know, more than we can ever imagine. Because you and I, in Christ Jesus, we're royal priesthood, we're royalty. We're God's special treasure. He's given you access to authority that will allow you to walk, to trample over those things that have been holding you down. Can we stand? We're going to, they're going to lead us and just something, but I, I want to read this to you because this is what Joshua told his men when they had their foot over the king's neck, which signifies to me that, that, that there's, there's a little awkwardness to this, that they were a little fearful about this situation, about retaliation, about, hey, if I do this, what, what if word gets out and, and, they, and they try to attack me even more. Here's what Joshua says, and I want to speak this. This is my prayer over you this morning. And this is Joshua. Don't ever be afraid or discouraged. He said, be strong and courageous. For the Lord is going to do this to all of your Not just some, not just one, not just a couple. He will do this to all of your enemies. He said, don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. Be strong. Be courageous. The Lord is going to do. You have authority over all your enemies. You have authority over everything that's trying to hold you down. You have authority over everything that's tried to keep you ca captive. He has given you authority in Christ Jesus. 
to conquer. Come on, somebody. Thank you for listening to Message Rewind. Come back every Monday night at 5 p.m. to hear the latest message from Discovery Church.